I'd like to call this meeting to order. We have some things to talk about, Peg. Well, consider it called to order. I'll rise. The Honorable Jenny, all things accountability, is in the house, and uh, it's time to get this meeting started. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all of the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my disciplined accountability partner, Jenny. That's me, Jenny Kaus, marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal, but a big believer in the power of habits. We know from research and from our year of monthly habit challenges how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So we're getting intentional about our habits and we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall, your own best self. On today's episode, we are talking about the useful habit of family meetings and building them into your schedule. In Umi Likey, I'm into a book with a message that will help you decide what's important, and Jenny likes a vegan gravy recipe that she likes to ironically put on meat. Jenny's win is related to a reminder of the power of monitoring around food habits, and my learn is related to a nasty illness that I've been battling in the first part of 2020. But first, we are going to talk about family meetings. So what are these things? What are family meetings? When most people hear family meeting, it might make them think, yikes, because this can lead to assumptions that something is wrong, they are in trouble, or some other negative connotation. But family meetings, if built into your schedule with an intentional agenda, can be a great tool for couples, families, or any group of people who live together. And I think we might have talked about this a while back when I mentioned that in our house, um, my husband and I had started doing this, and we found it to be pretty useful. I know you and I have talked about this. Sure, definitely. Definitely. And uh, we used it as a way to connect uh, for the two of us and, you know, make sure we're taking a regular look at our finances, doing some meal planning because we were doing meal planning, but not in any kind of regular way. It would just kind of happen whenever it happened. And we knew we needed to tighten it up a little bit if we wanted it to work well. Um, And then also we talked about kind of just, I'll call it general household management, including looking at the calendar for the upcoming week. Now, we also have a family meeting that we do with our son that is more kid-focused, and we'll talk a bit about that too. But I got to admit, this grown-up meeting that we had been doing for a while, it has dwindled off. We have not done this for a couple months, so I think it's a good time for us to have this conversation and think about family meetings, why they're good, and maybe I can figure out how to reincorporate this into our house. All right, perfect timing. All right, so... Some people might want to know, why would you want to do a family meeting? What are the benefits? So these meetings can be a great way to make sure that communication is prioritized in your household with the people that matter to you most. In the daily life of work, socializing, sports, etc., it makes a lot of sense to take a time out to connect and communicate. We aren't talking about family meetings when something is wrong and needs to be addressed. We are talking about a regularly scheduled family meeting that is on your calendar and everyone can anticipate and hopefully look forward to. So we briefly touched on some of the benefits, but here are what we see as some of the benefits of doing a regular family meeting. Number one, improve communication in the household and avoid double bookings. Number two, manage expectations for the coming week. Number three, 
makes the week go smoother. Number four, better share the responsibilities of the household between couples. Number five, address issues at a neutral, agreed upon time rather than when people might not feel like talking about it. Yeah, or maybe when it's kind of a hot issue. Right. You know, it's good to wait and save those conversations for a time when cooler heads have prevailed if you do want to talk about those more complicated things eventually. But speaking of when, as we mentioned, we're talking about doing these types of meetings in an intentional, proactive manner. So you don't want to just do it when something's wrong. So we think that a weekly meeting makes sense, but you might have something that works better for your household. It makes a lot of sense to do it on the same time, on the same day, just for the sake of simplicity and remembering it. But if this isn't practical, maybe due to shift work, changing schedules, you can pick a day of the week that works for you each week based on everybody's timeframes that are available. Choosing the right date and time really can make all the difference, though, uh, in terms of how effective your meeting is. So if you wish to do meal planning as part of your family meeting, then it might make sense to schedule your meeting a day or two before you plan to do your grocery shopping. So if you usually do your grocery shopping on a Saturday, maybe Thursday evening might make sense for you to have your family meeting and decide what you want to eat for the next week. A Sunday evening meeting can be great if reviewing the calendar for the week is a big priority for your meeting and for your family so that you can coordinate logistics, pick up, drop off, practices, those sorts of things. All right, cool. And I just wanted to add, if you are somebody who the meeting is changing day to day to day or every week, it's slightly different based on shift work or whatever else. One of the things you should do at your meeting is decide on next week's meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Gives you a lot better chance that it will happen. That's right. All right. The next thing is, who is this meeting for? So depending on the structure of your household, a family meeting can include anyone who lives under the same roof and across all ages. So I would argue this this could even be done in a household with one person, where you use this time as a regular time to check in, to do life admin kind of stuff. So for the sake of a household with two or more people, it makes sense that everyone should be included, even young kids for those who have littles or not so littles at home. Uh, and this helps to bring a sense of belonging to members of the family. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Where should this meeting happen? The location of your family meeting can make a huge difference to the success of your meeting. It is best to find a place that makes it easy for everyone to participate, has few distractions for those who are easily distracted and makes everyone want to be there. Generally speaking, a kitchen table works well, but this can be different for different households. Having the TV off is a pretty important factor so that you can ensure that everyone is focused on the discussion and not watching the football game out of the corner of their eye, which could definitely happen at our house. Yes. Um, Sitting at a table also can help people stay focused. Plus, if you add in some snacks, you will definitely get some participation. Yeah, snacks are always a good idea. I think that's true for, it's just like a life life hack. Bring snacks. So now that we've talked about why it's a good idea, let's get into some of the details about how exactly to do this in your own family if you want to give it a try or maybe you think it would be beneficial. So make sure that you sell it to the participants as a fun thing that will help your family be better organized and happier. Do not use it as a punishment or as a way that you are going to fix things with your naughty family. People really pick up on the tone when you're talking about these things, so you have to be sure to kind of keep it light. You really want to make sure that everybody participating wants to be there. This is especially important for the first couple weeks that you do this so that you can ensure that they keep coming back 
And so feel free to keep that agenda really light for the first couple of weeks. Speaking of the agenda, it's helpful to have a list of the topics you wish to discuss at your meeting. And for the most part, many of these topics will stay the same week to week with some small changes. All right. So here's what we suggest that you include. Review your calendar. Go over the calendar for the week, month, or even the year, depending on what your intentions are for your meeting and what makes sense. For the most part, it makes sense to do a review of the coming week so that those in the household are on the same page about what is happening, and then you can avoid any issues. For some people, this might be a matter of reviewing individual schedules with each other or reviewing a shared family calendar, be it paper or digital. Uh, A shared digital calendar, and this is something that um, I'm interested in because this is on my list of not only our family meetings on my list of 20 for 2020, but also a, a digital calendar is on my list for 2020. So a digital calendar is a great way to keep everybody in your family organized and aware of each other's schedules. And it's shared amongst everyone. We've talked about this before, and I think we talked about the shared Google family calendar. So we'll, we will include a link in the show notes of how to set this up. A shared digital calendar can be so beneficial because it's always with you and you can check on the go rather than a paper calendar that's at home on the fridge and then you have to wait until you get home to check it out. Another thing that's great to talk about is finances. It can be really helpful to review the finances for families. This is often when allowance is doled out for children and the family can engage in a conversation about things they're saving for, money needed for certain things, etc. Um, So for couples, this can be a great time to review bills due, investment, uh, maybe upcoming expenses, and in general, keep the conversation going around money. Um, If you use a budget, I think this is a great time to check in on how you're doing against that budget that month and think about how you want your spending to go for the upcoming week. I think think the real thing here that uh, keeps coming up for me is it's all about getting intentional, your word of 2019. Right? That's right. Well, and the other thing I want to add to this is that the research is clear that couples that spend more time talking about finances have better finances. So yeah. there's something to this. So it really is important to start to include some talk of finances in your world. And if you're not sure how to do that, or if it feels uncomfortable, a weekly meeting like this might be a great way to start because it's a way where you have some structure where you can actually be like, okay, here's what's coming up for bills. Here's what our finances are. It makes it seem not so intimidating when you're doing it every week. Absolutely. Or instead of just waiting until something gets really bad, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, the next thing is meal planning. So meal planning is a great way to ensure that you're making good food choices, using up the food in your house and avoiding last minute takeout. By involving the members of your household in this topic, you can ensure that you will get more buy-in as well. For those with kids at home, it really can work well to let your child have a day of the week that they can choose the dinner and for kids who are old enough, even be in charge of preparing the meal. Meal planning makes grocery shopping easier since you know exactly what you're shopping for. And by talking about meal planning at your family meeting, you can talk about new recipes you want to try and what things that you know you love a week to week, just like at Jenny's house at Taco Tuesday. Yeah, that one seems to have really stuck. Um, we have tried to shift it a couple times and it won't budge. Taco Tuesday. He's got to have it. That's the night that Ethan decides what we're having and he wants that every Tuesday. So. Okay. But I will say we did throw it off this week. Oh, we yeah? had to shift it because we had plans on Tuesday. Uh-oh. I know. Yeah. Big, big issues in our household this week. <laughs> So another thing that I think is really important to talk about is projects or vacations. 
So this could be things like renovation, like you have a renovation coming up. Um, it could be even just simple repairs around the house. And then, of course, vacations. So by talking about household repairs and maintenance, it can mean that the communication leads to the responsibility being more shared if it isn't. Um, or maybe you don't want it to be, but just making sure everybody's on the same page and staying on top of all of those little nagging chores. This can be a really good time to make a list about of all the things that what needs to be done and divide it up between the appropriate household members. Maybe you can even get kids involved. And then uh, I mentioned as well vacations. So on the fun side of things, it's a great time to talk about vacations. Make plans for fun. Because fun should always be something that we are focused on, as well as the serious stuff that we're talking about. So this is a great time to chart out, you know, what you want to do as far as vacation and recreation time for the year. Um, I know this is tends to be how we end up planning trips. We've just been planning a little summer trip to Ottawa. And this is something that we talk about at our family meeting with Ethan, is the things we want to do on that trip. And I think it's fun for him to be involved in the planning. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, now, of course, there can be times when you need to talk about some stickier things at family meetings. These meetings can be a great way to bring up difficult conversations in a way that allows everyone to contribute and work towards solutions together. As we mentioned, though, it is highly recommended to avoid the heavy stuff the first couple of times that you have a family meeting so that they aren't associated with conflict. They can mm -hmm. certainly be a part of the conversation, but the point is to use these meetings to improve communication and solidify your household. Yeah, and I think there's so many good kind of productive ways to bring up issues at these meetings um, that instead of, you know, more or less complaining about these things happening, it's really turning to your family to look for ideas for solutions, which I think really shifts the way a house can operate. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, in talking about the impact that a family meeting can have on a household, Let's talk a bit more specifically about kids. So I recently read a couple of books by the parenting author, Amy McCready. And Amy McCready has a program called Positive Parenting Solutions. And we'll include a link to this in the show notes if this is something that you're interested in. But one of the things that Amy really talks about a lot is the importance of family meetings. And that she says that they're a great way to give everyone a fair and equal voice in matters that pertain to the whole household. So that's kind of how she sums up what she sees as the real importance of the family meeting. And in terms of doing these meetings, um, the one that we do with Ethan, this is where how we started doing this. And I think we started, I want to say maybe back in October or September. Some, and so we've been doing it for a little while now. But Amy suggests the following basic agenda items for family meetings, and this is the framework that we use for our family meeting, and we do it on Sunday evenings. So you have to start with, and this is going to sound strange, but just stay with me, you start with compliments and appreciation. So this is where everyone offers a, um, a compliment and a show of appreciation to each other. And it kind of sets up a cool tone for the meeting where everybody has a chance to, you know, share something that they want to compliment each other on and something they appreciate about them. And it can be really funny. Oh, like I it love it. So cool. Hilarious stuff. It doesn't have to be super serious. It doesn't have to be sappy. It can be really kind of funny things. And it helps. I think it helps kids appreciate the things that their parents do that they might not 
realize. And yeah. I think it's good for kids to see their parents saying those things to each other as well. Cool. Love it. So you start off with that. And then the next item is calendar. So you take a look at the calendar for the coming week to sort out any details. And mostly I see the benefit of this being managing expectations. So we have a calendar, like a paper calendar that we put on the fridge that Ethan can write on, we can write on. That's really mostly just all about the things going on for him so that he can keep it kind of straight in his head and follow along. Um, so we take a look at that so he knows, you know, when hot lunch day is or school spirit day or things like that. Um, and it really helps with the, what day are we doing this? Like those questions all sure. the time because yeah. they can just know. You can just be um, like, go check the calendar. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then next up is an awesome one and it's snack. I mean, who doesn't love a snack? Bring snacks. Yeah. So this helps keep the meeting fun and it can be a really good way for the kids to be involved and contribute. They can help with the preparation, serving up the snack, cleaning up. So that makes it fun as well. Um, next is allowance. So this is a great time to hand out allowance and it can really make it more appealing for kids to attend. Um, and it can lead to really good conversations about managing their finances. Now, not everyone does allowance, so this might not make sense for everyone. Um, this is something that we presently do with Ethan as we are trying to teach him about money. And it's, it's very entertaining because he's got the, uh, the trait of getting like he gets it in his hands and he just can't wait to spend it. So we're hoping to uh, <laughs> eventually build a little discipline around that. But it's pretty funny to watch. Um, so then the next thing on the agenda is fun. How great is that? So this it's gotta is how, be fun. It's gotta be fun. So you schedule it on there and this is family fun. It's a great way to end your meeting and you plan it out what you want to do. You find an activity that you can do as a family. So ideas are things like maybe I don't know, reading a book together, you could go for a bike ride, um, play a board game. It doesn't have to be anything complex or intense, but it's something that everybody participates is present and does together and it it can be for 20 minutes it doesn't have to be for hours it can just be a short thing but you do something together so i think the cool thing is you're kind of starting on a high note with saying something nice about each other and then doing something fun together finishing so with the it, fun yeah yeah it bookends it really well so. everything that you've mentioned here i think is fantastic for kids but when i'm thinking about the family meeting that i want to create with just john and i i feel mm -hmm. like everything here fits in. So I think yeah. it can be just for two adult people having a family meeting, they could follow this exact uh, agenda as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it can completely be tailored. Um, and Amy says that, so once you kind of have this framework going, and this would be the same for one with kids or couples or roommates, um, then so when you've got everybody feeling positive about it, you can then start to incorporate other topics to discuss and even keep an agenda in a place where people can add topics that they want to discuss at the meeting. So if something comes to your mind that you want to talk about at the meeting, um, you can add that in. Problem solving can be a great thing to include, and it gives a good time to bring up the issues and work together to find resolutions. Um, you definitely want to keep these discussions civil and ensure that people are bringing not only their issues, but ideas for solutions so that it doesn't turn into a battle. <laughs> Um, and Amy, in her discussions about family meetings, she reiterates that 
it's really good to have no technology at this meeting to ensure that everyone is focused. Um, I know we often have the iPad at ours because we keep a digital calendar, but then Ethan has his paper calendar on the fridge. So we often have to refer to the calendar to make sure we're getting his things written on this paper one. But for the most part, you know, once we do that, the, the technology goes away. I can um, see how that I, might be more relevant if there's a bunch of kids, especially older, that all have a phone and they're all just looking at their phones, like the phone's away, yeah. no technology at the meeting. And for adults, frankly. Well, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. I know um, when Jeff and I would do our meetings, we often would sit, you know, across from each other on our desk and, uh, you know, one of us would be looking at the bank account and the other one's doing something else and it's easy to kind of fear off. Sure. You know, people.com. I need to know what's happening. <laughs> Royals at any given moment. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think one of the things too is it's really important that everyone has a voice at these meetings and gets to share their ideas and feels included. And don't give up if you miss a week, just get back on track and do it again. Don't let that mean that you don't do them anymore. Um, I think that, you know, this kind of regular communication through family meetings can be so positive. And you don't want to let just one missed meeting be the downfall. And it's important with kids to make sure, again, that they stay fun. So find ways to keep the mood light uh, as possible and ensure the long-term success of this awesome communication tool. I know one thing that I had thought of, even if you knew you were going to have to have a little bit of a tricky conversation, mention to everybody in the family, okay, everybody's got to wear a hat or funny glasses or something that brings a little levity to it so that you have a visual reminder that it is not so serious. Sure. Um, I do, I do want to add to this that on my list of 20 for 2020, one of the things was to create a family meeting that's weekly for John and I, so we can be more organized. And we had our very first one just recently in the last few days. And I do have to say that it was kind of weird and awkward because we're just sort of getting to figure out how does this work? And I also understand that probably if you're listening to this, it might be you that's the facilitator of starting a family meeting. And if you're the facilitator, mm -hmm. you sort of have to be the one to lead everybody else. And you don't really know what you're doing at the beginning. So yeah. just give yourself a little bit of grace, get through it as best you can use the agenda that Jenny and I have just mentioned here, um, or add your own and then give it a try and see what happens. Maybe it's going to crash and burn the first time, but then keep coming back to it. I really feel like there's so much value in this weekly check-in with your team that probably will make for mad success for everybody in mm -hmm. 2020. So um, we want to know, do you have family meetings? Are you thinking about starting a meeting with your family? And we'd love to hear about it. So reach out to us on the socials, or as always, you can send us an email uh, to the improvement project at drpeggymalone.com. And I have one more thing as well um, on this topic is it's good to hand out jobs. So, and Amy talks about this in her books that um, maybe one person's responsible for bringing the calendar to the meeting. Another person is responsible for the snack or whatever your agenda items are um, or your grocery list, things like that. So that it's not just like you don't feel like you're carrying the meeting all the time right? Yeah, and responsible for it. You're divvying it up and you rotate the job so that everybody takes responsibility. So at the end of each weekly meeting, you can say, okay, for next week's meeting, this person has this job and dole out the jobs then. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Yep. I like that. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, let's move on now to time for a segment that uh, we call Ooh, Me Likey. <laughs> Peggy and I like talking to each other in general, but we also like talking about podcasts we've been listening to, books we've been reading, or random internet hilarity that we found and we feel like maybe you'll find it fun too. So each week, each of us will share something that we are loving, that we find useful or practical, or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. So this week, I want to share, I just finished reading a book uh, called Essentialism by Greg McCown. So Jenny lent me this book, and I think that Jenny actually used this as one of her me likeies in the last year or so. I don't know for okay. sure, but I, it sounds familiar in my brain, so I think you might have. Um, yeah. I can look back. At any rate, I feel like it's worth reiterating because this book is pretty good. So Mm -hmm. one takeaway from the book for me that I will share is that he talks about the acronym WIN, which is WIN. And what it stands for is what's important now. So this question has been helpful for me when I'm tasked with to do's from a bunch of different directions or projects at the same time, which I think everybody has that. And instead of getting analysis paralysis and scrolling on the socials, which is what I normally do in these circumstances, this question is a good little mantra to help center me and ground me and help me to move forward with the thing that's the most important right now. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm taking out of this book. And there's a ton of really great uh, information in the book. It's about just finding what is the important essential things that will move the needle and help you to be successful. So I appreciate Jenny, you lending me that book and, uh, and pointing it out to me in the first place. So if you haven't read this book, give it a try. It is a good one. And it's been around for a little while, but it has been getting a lot of chatter lately, which is interesting. I think as minimalism gets more, um, mainstream, more mainstream, this is something that sort of goes along with it very well. Yeah. You know, what doesn't go along with it very well. What's that? Gravy. <laughs> Tell me about the gravy, Jenny. <laughs> so this is what I'm digging this week. And I'm, I, I know this is a weird thing to have as my thing that I'm like, me likey. But you know what? Me likey gravy. I'm just going <laughs> to say it. So what I'm specifically talking about in my joking here is actually a vegan gravy from the Happy Herbivore website. This is a gravy that we started making back around... 2013-2014 during the period of time where we were vegan for a couple of years but it has stayed with us after our return to the meat eating realm it's so easy to make and it's from pretty simple ingredients the only thing that maybe a lot of people wouldn't have on hand is um, nutritional yeast which is very easy to find at the bulk barn and it's inexpensive um, but it's got like really simple things in it. Um, onion powder, garlic powder, uh, flour, I want to say soy sauce, maybe like some really basic things that you'll have on hand. Um, uh, and maybe broth. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm now thinking about the gravy and I'm, I can feel my mouth watering. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's super easy to make. And we had it recently on potatoes and chicken and some vegetables. It always turns out really well. Um, And it tastes good on just about everything. We made it as well back at Thanksgiving when we hosted um, Jeff's whole family. And he has a cousin whose family is vegan. So it was really handy. We had it on hand for them as well. But everybody enjoyed it. So 
it worked out well. And we make a lot. It's really good. And we actually make it and thin it out a little bit um, when we make stew and just use that as kind of the base for the stew. Nice. It's like really, it. really good. Have you ever tried it? No, I don't think I have tried that one. Because I think you could. So there, it does call for flour peg, but you could completely, like, you could put a different flour. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be gluten-y. All right. Good news. Yeah. Gravy. Gravy. Anything. Drink it in a travel mug. <laughs> on that note, let's move on to our next segment, which is you win or you learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate, or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits, or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. So I'm up for the win this week, and I was telling you recently that I really, really enjoyed myself over the holidays. I'll say it like that. Um, but I, I really felt quite yucky after the sheer volume of overindulgence. I think I mentioned to you about the Costco sized bag of potato chips. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about it last week on the podcast. No regrets, but <laughs> time to time for a new way forward. Um, and as a good friend does, you reminded me of something that I had forgotten and that was the power of monitoring habits by using the MyFitnessPal app. So I can't believe that this didn't for, come to my mind right away. But when I was talking to you about how yucky I was feeling and how I was trying to think of what I was going to do to start feeling better, you mentioned this. And it was like a light bulb went off. I was like, yeah. So thank you for mentioning that. You got it, girl. Um, I started using it on January 1st. And it really is making a world of difference for me in terms of the awareness, I'll say, around my food choices. So just the recording of what you're eating just really helps you be more aware of what you're doing. Um, and I've really been able to get back into making healthier option choices. And I really find it endlessly fascinating to know what I'm getting in regards to nutrients and really feel the difference in your body in real time of how what you're eating makes you feel. I feel so much better when I'm picking better things and just generally treating my body well. Um, so that feels like I would say a pretty big habit related win for me lately. Absolutely. Good for you. That's awesome. Thank you. Great win. Absolutely. Great win. Woo -woo. All right. How I'm up you? for the learn and, um, overindulgences through the holidays, uh, once again, likely contributed to this bad cold that I'm just getting over. So I was terribly sick at this time last year as well. And I really wanted to avoid it, it, it this year, but it got me. So I need to lock this in and I want to be sickness free next January. So when that time of year comes around, I want to be, and I hope to be more intentional about my choices and make sure to take my supplements, make sure I'm getting exercise, make sure I'm getting sleep, make sure I'm not overindulging in all of the good stuff. And, yeah. uh, so that I'll be way less likely to get the sickness because it's no fun. And I would just rather give it a miss. You don't think it was uh ruffled sour cream and onion chips from Costco. <laughs> I just got it like by osmosis through you because I didn't eat those. <sighs> I ate all of them. That's why you didn't eat them. Cause I ate them all <laughs> and I have no regrets. They were amazing. Oh my goodness. I do love a chip, but I would not pick a sour cream and onion. I'd pick a sour cream and onion chip off the ground that had been there for a day and eat it. Of course you would. Yeah. I don't even care. 
<laughs> All right, and that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Let us know if you have family meetings or if you're thinking about starting them in your household. Get in touch. Our email address is theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. Jenny is on Twitter at jakehouse, and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. And if you like the show, and we really hope that you do, please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. It's the most common way that new listeners find our show. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. We also have a Facebook group, so search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now, go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. Holy smokes, Peg. Do you think this podcast is our weekly family meeting for the Improvement Project? Um, yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. We're like super consistent. 82 weeks straight of family meetings. That is for- very consistent family meeting. Our- would you call us a, a dysfunctional family or a functional family? Oh, I think we're functioning just fine. I think it's because we have these weekly meetings. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Proof. They work. <laughs>